0: Hello, John. Are you uh, Are you ready to start recording the What are we calling this? The uh, reanimation of the Liquid Flannel podcast. Liquid Flannel, the quickening. Liquid Flannel, the quickening. I like that very much. It makes it sound like a like a horror movie or something.
1: Well, we we all just kind of lived through a horror movie. <laughs> That's three years.
0: We've been living through a horror movie, and yet Liquid Flannel remains. And folks, we're bringing it back to you. We are
1: your final girls.
0: (laughs) Welcome back, listeners, to the Liquid Flannel Podcast from Arlington, Texas. I am Matthew Hodges, joined by my new co-host, regular guest on the uh, previous version of the show, Um, coming to us from, where are you from, Manhattan?
1: New York City. New York
0: City, coming to us from New York City, John Levitt. Hey, how's it going? It's uh, oh, it, yeah, it like no, it's, it's a nice night to, it's a nice night to be podcasting. It's it's a great time to be podcasting, and uh, yeah, no, we've been gone for a while, and it wasn't it wasn't because we didn't love you, our listeners. It was, you know, a a bunch of stuff happened uh, around. You know, the years uh, 2020, 2021, I'm sure that you recall some of that, so we just, uh, we we kind of took a break there, but uh, yeah, no, my uh, my new co-host, John, and I have decided to get the show back going, so welcome back.
1: Yes, we're getting the band back together.
0: Getting the band back together.
1: Or we're finding people for one, one more heist. I haven't heard <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know that thing that happened at MGM casinos? That was us.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's right. No, this is uh this is literally Ocean's, uh, what four or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was definitely the the one guy at the end of Ocean's Eleven who's like used all the money to become a failed stand up. I'm <laughs> <back> doing this. <laughs>
0: That's very good. Well, okay, so we're back. Um, Liquid Flannel's been gone for a little while. We are going to uh, kind of re-envision the show a bit. So in the past, this was mostly a show about doing, you know, leftist politics specifically focused on the Midwest. Now, I still live in North Texas, and so my focus is still going to be well and and i'm a nebraska boy right so my focus is still going to be mainly on the midwest however john lives in new york and so we're going to get some socialism based from the east coast and then both of us are probably going to talk about socialism uh You know, broadly speaking, like, you know, across all of those places.
1: And since this podcast is now uh, 50% homosexual, you're also going to hear a lot of celebrity gossip.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. No, we we gotta... ah, Jesus.
1: Well, I I, I can jump right into it now. Right now, (laughs) because... All right, what do you got? I'm so... (laughs) Jiminy glicking it right now. I'm so ready to dish. Uh... I have no, no, some... no, come
0: on! If you're gonna do a Jiminy Glicky, you gotta do the. Oh, I effect. I can't
1: do it. It just <laughs> sounds offensive. <laughs> it's it's a verbal blackface. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I've had that Olivia Rodrigo song "Vampire" stuck in my head all day. Uh, actually, that's not true. I had it stuck in my head all day until the evening, and now I've put it back in my head. <laughs> By saying that,
0: yeah, and well. um, yeah,
1: it it's fun. It's a it's a pop song. Her and Taylor Swift apparently are having some sort of like weird arcane feud that may or may not exist, or it may only exist like for the purposes of copyright. Well,
0: it seems It'd to me like uh, it's like a Dungeons and Dragons uh like battle or something like that. It's like you you encounter this um like NPC and either you battle them to the death or you befriend them and they join the party.
1: Right. And uh, I- I'm not like particularly interested in the, in the specifics. There's actually a good sort of like bemused write up about it on um, the notebook sub stack, which I'd recommend uh, including the idea that it may just be entirely made up or like one sided. <laughs> like this could all be kayfabe. <laughs> But the thing I'm interested in is...
0: Well, I think that's true sure for anything having to do with Taylor Swift. And look, T-Swift... She Swift- might not
1: even be real. She might be a hologram, Yeah, no. For all
0: T- know. T-Swift fans out there, I understand that you're going to get mad at me. But you've got to understand that to people who aren't super into that world, the whole thing looks sort of um, artificial or rather uh, constructed. By, like, a corporation or something.
1: Constructed by a corporation, or this is the interesting thing to me, because, like, I have a more than passing um, interest in, like, fandoms, and how, like, fandoms can get very culty very quickly, or, like, the fandom that is unique to internet forums, um, like, in its most negative aspect, that's just huge stuff. But the way certain members of the fandom have reacted to both this song, Vampire, and the video, is sort of let me put this let me put this one way, Matthew. Are you familiar with the term gay lore?
0: Uh gay lore as in uh you're you're talking about um like fanfic sort of
1: no, it, it's specific to Taylor Swift.
0: Oh no, I'm not.
1: It is an ongoing conspiracy theory that people like hunt down to find proofs, like you know, they're baking. That Taylor Swift is secretly gay, and every and there are hidden clues to this in everything she does, and all of her feuds are actually like coded romantic affairs. <laughs> and I gotta say they've dug up some pretty cool good stuff with this, particularly this song, because it, it's about an older woman she trusted who then used her up like a vampire.
0: Okay. And, um, I mean, I guess uh, mm. oh, no, see,
1: I, 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 I say you have to go one level deeper. You have to go another <laughs> inception level. You have to go Olivia wrote that song knowing it would rile up the gay just, lords. I,
0: you know, the thing the thing that it gets me is like, why do you need this? Right? Like, I'm I'm a fan of lots of bands, but I don't need to, you know, make up like fan fiction i don't need a tv tropes style webpage about what's look, look, actually people going just spent on.
1: 3 years trapped in the apartment with just the uh, wow, that.
0: is that the thing you think it's a covid thing
1: well, well covid's what made it popular like stuff like this has gone on since forever like i remember when all the q stuff was popping off i remember thinking this sounds an awful lot like the the show oh god Shirley oh god Shirley that's people.
0: a fucking great comparison yeah. Who
1: like thought there was like a secret final episode cuz the final the final episode really couldn't be that bad. It had to be like a secret code and I'm just like, okay, this is something like inherent to internet culture. And then we accidentally gave it to everyone. We we gave them communicable schizophrenia.
0: That's that's amazing. No, that's amazing. No, I honestly um I'd actually really like to uh dig into that a little bit better let's take a little break here and we will come back um and talk more about celebrities know, celebrities communicable communicable schizophrenia but actually john you had something you wanted to talk about so uh, yeah we'll uh we'll be back in a minute You don't have to say it. it's just, It's just the one to <laughs> Well, I mean, I, it's fun. It's fun to do. It's fun. That's all right. We're figuring out how to podcast together. That's fine. But the thing is, uh, folks, we, you know, uh, John and I, we live in different uh, places in the country. But... Our politics are very much simpatico, right? We believe, for instance, that you know workers should own the means of production. We believe that uh, there should be affordable, if not free, housing for everybody. We believe that somebody should be allowed to live at home taking care of their kids, and not worry about money. This is all easy stuff, folks. This is, that's, that's, that's basic. Basic, basic socialism. So, John, you had a couple of uh, news articles, a couple of, a couple of items that you wanted to talk about.
1: Well, yes. Um, I also believe in the right of all free people, um to ruthlessly judge other people's interior decor? Oh
0: yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's part of socialism too. I I think I, I think I'm pretty sure Kropotkin talked Well, about I that. I think I think Engels wrote that back to Marx in one of his letters, but it's one of those ones <laughs> that you don't really see very often. And it's just like, wow, it's just, it's just like being a real messy bitch about like
1: Yeah, the that- Yeah, this this salon has a real (laughs) anti-revolutionary. Yeah, no,
0: Engels Engels had real opinions about lampshades, but that's not one of those letters that you ordinarily would read.
1: Yeah, so um, on on Elon Musk's Twitter, uh, someone posted a link to this Streets blog uh, house listing, where it it looks like a, a very normal, if a bit Spartan and a bit sort of I live in a hotel. Place being sold in South Williamsburg. Um, I'm so Manhattan build that I thought, oh, a three bedroom for only nearly two million dollars—that's a steal. <laughs> uh, it, it's bad here, folks. It is. What is it? A uh, hundred and forty-eight, six square feet. I don't know how big that
0: is. Yeah, for uh, for it was like one point eight or something.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's that's not the issue. The issue here is this ad had, you know, photographs of the apartment, and on one of the photographs displayed on the mantelpiece is all of their acting awards. <laughs> it's got a BAFTA. It's got an Emmy. It's got, it's got one of the things that was redesigned recently so we can pinpoint what year it was. And immediately the internet detective squad, you know, finding facts, ignoring stories, got on it and it was this mad race to figure out what actor in South Williamsburg is selling their apartment. Oh god, was
0: it Sarah Jessica Parker?
1: Sarah Jessica Parker would dissipate into dust if she walked into Brooklyn. <laughs> <a victim. laughs> she has only experienced the outer boroughs as things that pass well, by no, in the car a, on the way. Well, no, she had she had to, to live in studios. New York for a
0: while to do this show, right?
1: No, no, she experienced New York primarily as things that happen outside the car. Uh, no, no, no. So the best guest so far is uh, Claire Foy. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently She's having another kid or something. It's like, it's the right number of awards in the right year. So... <laughs> and uh, doing that lovely bit of um, celebrity, how do we call it? Uh, unpaid private investigation work. <laughs> I stumbled on the best auction I have ever seen in my life.
0: all right, go on okay wait I, I'm sorry what know- can what kind of oh okay, I have to ask you a couple of questions on that. um mm-hmm. what kind of bad auctions have you been to, and why is this a better one?
1: well i there are auctions that are just sad that things like nobody wants um you know. Absolutely. I mean, isn't there literary, that's, that's the
0: definition of an auction. It's something that nobody wants.
1: Yeah, no. Or, you know, police auctions are always sad because, you know, they just stole that yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, okay. Oh, sure. Um,
1: but like this, this is a very unique auction, and I'm just going to like explain it to you before I tell you to go look at it. Okay, so as you know, we are currently in month five of a double SAG Astra WGA strike.
0: Yeah, they started, I was just trying to uh, track it down the other day, Um, but it was 100 days from, 100 days back from August the 20th, which puts it back in April, I guess? Yeah, and
1: the reason everyone is going all in on this is it's not just a major industry, it's not just a major, like, Soft power for the United States, but the terms they're fighting for and the requests of both the, both the unions are very reasonable. Um, there's a really good episode of the podcast, Podcasting is Praxis, at around 38, Mark. Ooh, it we, goes should, try really to, we deep.
0: should try to get that moment. That'd be fun. Yeah, no,
1: it goes really deep into, like, why this is necessary, why this is reasonable. And it's like, they're not fighting for, we want to get paid for residuals. They're fighting for, if we don't win this, there's not going to be a television and movie industry anymore.
0: Good, good. everybody can just go fucking read books again well, just I would like just my go back to, get paid. to well i I'm okay with people getting paid. I'm just saying I think your uh your average American could actually benefit from i don't know just. Sitting in we a,
1: talked about this Matthew, they're just gonna go on forums and talk about whether or not Taylor swift is secretly oh no no I would, Klaus. I would
0: I would execute all of those people um no everybody gets to go back to a dusty old library where there's you know it's lit by candlelight and so you're like lead. a reverse
1: Khmer Rouge. yes, like everyone has to have glasses everybody has to read yeah
0: absolutely i'm I'm bringing back the the Pol pot mentality here. <laughs>
1: uh negative yeah anyway so so like this is a really big deal uh no one is budging uh the la dsa has like has like gathered something like eighty thousand dollars to provide free free food for strikers it's called the snack list get it the hollywood snack list
0: yeah I, so I would like, it like the – I don't know. You could make a pun off of like craft table or something, but whatever. Yeah.
1: But um, a, a big thing about it is that the union that covers workers who work below the line, that is like the crew, the cameraman, gaffers, engineers, that's called IATSE. And they're not striking,
0: but there's no work
1: available for Yeah, there's for nothing
0: that. for them to do.
1: Right. So that was the thing that um, – Drew Barrymore got in hot water with. She was like, well, if I don't reopen my show, even without writers, everyone on my crew is going to keep missing out money. And people rightly saying, um, you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. You could just pay them yourself.
0: Wasn't she, uh, she balked?
1: Yeah, she said no. Uh, then there was a huge... Come on, there was Drew. A huge... There was a huge picket and protest at her studios. Like I've been, I've been trying to get to it because I'm t- technically in WGA. It's weird. Um, what, how many? But the how thing many
0: is, unions do you belong to?
1: <laughs> Matthew, you're talking to a left wing creative.
0: From All right, North. fair enough. Fair enough. I
1: I have a Teamster jacket. I don't know
0: why. <laughs> it just
1: appeared there one day. So.
0: So, the, uh, uh like listeners, sad. if you want to send us, uh, you know, if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, uh, at the $1,000 per month, uh, tier level, John will send you his Teamsters jacket.
1: You, 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 can also just, uh, you can also get them online. They realize they had a hit when their are uh, marijuana, you, you no no, they want yours. union shirt. Oh yes. Oh preferably worn without a shirt yeah, again, I, know. I know the deal I know the drill Matthew um so um that created this what's called the union solidarity auction in which members of sag and I think WGD2 have come together to auction off parasociability it's the one thing they have that no one else has so now Matthew I want you to scroll down and show me tell me what they're auctioning off. Ah.
0: This was the thing that he he told me to pull up a link and then not look at it until we were here. Oh, oh my. Oh my, well, there are, there are some lovely offers here. Um, I, I'm just going to read some of these off, okay? um, A watercolor portrait of your dog painted by John Lithiao.
1: Natasha Leone will help you solve the New York Times crossword
0: puzzle. I like uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. The Mr. Show Guys will join you for dinner. Not not that they're going to take you out to dinner. They'll just go to dinner with you.
1: <laughs> I, for one, would pay up to over $1,000 for a pottery class. Oh, for fuck's sake. Dude,
0: this is, this is the thing I would actually pay money for. Um... Even if it wasn't for real, a fedora owned and signed by Tom Waits. Yeah,
1: Parker Posey's personal collection of dazed and confused memorabilia.
0: Fucking outstanding. Eh.
1: Like, like for everyone, like Adam Scott will walk your dog in L.A. for an hour.
0: See, the thing is, I would pay nine hundred and sixty dollars for Lena Dunham not to paint a mural in my home. <laughs> it, it, it's a tax uh, actually. It, it, yeah, no, seriously, it sounds like a threat. <laughs> you better go. <give. laughs> uh
1: there are like there are some normal things here, like there are some props. Um they're like auctioning off original auction uh, strike signs, picket signs that have been signed. But then there's also, like, yeah, Ron Livingston and his wife will discuss relationship issues with you. Half of these are just improv.
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) I don't know. Ron Livingston has always uh, seemed to me like a guy who's got kind of his affairs in order. Probably he, he and his wife could give you some pretty good relationship advice.
1: True. True. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What I find so interesting about that is that uh, it's famous actors who are auctioning off the fact that they form parasocial relationships with their fans, or like they have a fandom. Yeah. Parasocial is a little too strict, but it's like they're auctioning off access to fame. All right. Well, which is okay. like the one thing yeah. they have that no one else does.
0: All right. So, John, taking it out of the realm of parasociality. Okay. Because um, I, I, I agree with you on that. What do you think is the likely outcome of this particular uh, Writers Guild and now the Screen Actors Guild strike?
1: And and now the uh, Marvel in-house FX team uh, sure, has just – movies might become legible again because like that's actually something where a strike by the VX team and their creation of a union in that industry yeah. could actually have measurable effects on the aesthetics of movies because okay. part of the reasons movies look – the way they do now is because um, FX shops aren't organized and they always undercut each other and everyone just goes, well, we'll just do it in FX because all of the, the practical effects, people, the lighters and what prop makers, those guys are all union. So attempts to undercut union labor have made movies significantly worse looking.
0: Okay. Okay. We're, we're talking about possibly three different things here. Because um, mm-hmm. I I'd like to know what your opinion is, you know. Uh, uh, so this auction, right? This is a bunch of screen actors who are on strike currently. They've joined on. They are- they've joined up with the Writers Guild. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the likely outcome of the strike that they're doing, and then? let's address yeah I mean the uh, the VXF guys 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 and gals I'm just you know using that as a shorthand um, they're they're getting also hammered by people saying like oh well you your job can be replaced by artificial intelligence or whatever but what do you what do you think is the likely outcome? of any of these strikes. Do you think that the studios will fold? Do you think that the workers will fold? Because, I mean, these people have been out of work for, you know, six months at this point.
1: Well, here's the thing. Well, I forgot to mention that all of these, like, auctioned-off stuff from the Union Solidarity strike, that's going to pay for the the healthcare fund for the IATSE crew members who are currently out of work.
0: I mean, that's great. That's great, but they're so, like, still this not going getting them. paid, though.
1: Right, they're still not getting paid. It, it still could be better. This particular strike, um, because it is for literally the very existence of the industry, I don't think it's going to go away soon. The people in charge of it are not budging because they want to be able to brag to their Wall Street guys that they broke a very powerful union, but also like these guys in charge, none of them have been in production. None of them have been in film and TV. Ah. They're all hedge fund
0: people. Yeah. They've never had to
1: deal with a strong union. They've never had to deal with the concept of if you put something out and it's not good, people aren't required to buy it. Sure. So like that's where AI will fall flat on its face because- if it's bad, than oh, yeah. no will buy it.
0: Have you seen those uh yeah somebody's like, oh my god, this this thing's going to revolutionize uh filmmaking. And then it's an AI thing of a guy on a completely stationary horse, and he's like, I'm Aiden of uh BLZ tube. Um, uh, I'm fighting for my home. Uh but it's just like His head is weirdly swaying, but his hat is stationary.
1: Yeah, and like the thing they're trying to do with it, and like this is the thing why people are definitely not backing down on, is they're like, well, rather than have people write scripts, we're going to have this large language model auto complete a script. And then one person that we can pay one time is going to like edit it and fix the details so it sounds like a human wrote it. And they're also trying to do like weird motion capture stuff where you get paid for one day well, they scan fucking all your thing. features.
0: I, I'm sorry. I am going to interrupt you there. People have already been doing that. I'm going to interrupt you there because yeah, that that ends up being a major issue with all this shit. Uh they'll, they'll they'll let the AI write the thing, but you still have to have a human there to edit it and Yeah, but write that human so won't that... be a
1: part of the writers guild. So they won't you won't be required to pay them anything. All
0: right. Which is I weird because this I is get, a profitable I get the, industry. I get the thing. Like
1: they're just they're just chasing like hyper profits so this is wh- by making the industry unworkable. This
0: is why they're on strike. But you haven't answered the question. What do you think the outcome of the strike is gonna be?
1: Well, um I think a lot of studios are gonna go under. Uh, I think they're going to be bought out by other... The only people who are kind of like in a good position, weirdly, is stuff places like Amazon, because they don't... Like, their studio is a loss leader. It's prestige. It's there so Jeff Bezos can meet women. Literally the reason they said he founded it. Um, You know, Amazon makes its money selling web services and toilet paper. Not movies. Yeah.
0: There, there are also some studios um, like... Uh... I know a twenty four got a mm-hmm. uh, project approved um, by yeah, no, the- by the guilds simply because they went. Um, yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, give you the, you know the the concessions that you're looking for.
1: Yeah, no that that is what's so irrational and that is what's so lumpen billionaire about the studios who are refusing to budge is that. The um demands of the unions are very reasonable. They amount to something like point one zero point zero one percent of a studio's operating budget for the year. Well, so how much, much how much
0: of a percent does it account for, you know, the guy who owns the studio's bottom line? I mean we need yachts, man.
1: It, and it's just they're not budging because one they don't understand the business two they want to be able to completely automate the industry so that they don't have to pay any labor costs which won't work in the long term but it'll work in the short term and again these guys are all like v- copper stripping vulture capitalist guys they don't care if anything survives after this just so long as they uh, get a nice quarterly
0: i don't think the quarterly is going to exist you know, that much longer if there's no, no that, that, new content That's what content makes it so psychotic.
1: Well, a lot of the... Some people are saying, like, oh, well, eventually the people will turn against the strike once they run out of new content. And oh, I'm no, just
0: no, like, no, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just like, there are 10 movies leaving Showtime anytime. Hey, look, motherfucker, I can always
0: go back and watch MASH reruns.
1: Yeah, it's like, you have nothing on Tubi, which is basically just A nice cable channel now.
0: Well, and also, you know, people have uh, started to put on their uh, uh, skull and crossbones hats and started to sail those seven seas again. Uh, Yeah, no,
1: it's just like because like some video game voice actors are being are thinking of getting involved in this strike just because like video game companies. Oh, those guys get dicked over all the time. Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll train your voice on AI and just replace it nope, with AI fuck duplicates.
0: That. No way.
1: And, and they're just like, you'll have to do it because like, you'll like, you need new video games. I'm like, if you stopped making video games yesterday, I might catch up to them in two years. Right,
0: right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, This uh, this new Mario game looks like a lot of fun. I will look forward to playing it in about three years when it's affordable
1: yeah no yeah it's just part of you know the the larger strike wave here in new york the school bus drivers are contemplating a strike because they're paid nothing to take care of children <laughs> uh, nurses at our largest hospital are threatening to go on strike because like they won a big wage increase because they were doing um what's the word dying of covid
0: oh, yeah when they're taking care of uh you know people who were dying sure
1: right and uh So our largest hospital just, like, refused to hire more people. And they're like, we can't do our job if there aren't more nurses. Right. So, yeah. It's just – it's nuts. It's a strike wave. Uh, Hot labor summer. Hot Uh, labor summer. Folks, we love to see it. Increasingly hot every year labor summer. Yeah. Well,
0: it was a very hot labor summer in uh, multiple different ways. So it's a good little piece of – Uh, Wordplay that John just did. Folks, we are going to take a real quick break. And we'll be back with you to uh, hopefully take it out on a high note. I'm hoping to keep this uh, traditional. right and we're back from that break and uh because this is the liquid flannel podcast um we're gonna try to keep up with the tradition of taking it out on a high note and actually for mine i wanted to uh bring my new co-host john a little bit so a little bit of background um if you're you know interested in news whatsoever you understand that uh, your local news outlets have been absolutely gutted or bought out by people who don't have your best interests at heart uh, for I don't know since Ronald Reagan years or something anyway the MacArthur Foundation and I'm not going to tell you that you need to be a NPR listener and subscriber or anything, but the MacArthur Foundation has donated, it looks like, something like half a billion dollars in order simply to fund people who want to do local news in places like Louisville, Kentucky, Butte, Montana, uh... Yeah, I don't know, Winfield or Winfield, Kansas, you know, the places where you could, as a journalist, reasonably live on, I don't know, say thirty to $45,000 a year and still be able to cover your local news and report on it. That, to me, seems like good news. That's my high note.
1: And in addition to that, uh, there's a materialist angle here as well, in that there have been more than one study showing that the existence of a local investigative news team saves municipalities money because they catch scandals and uh, embezzlements and whatnot before they really metastasize. Yeah. So like, there's there's a financial argument for saying like, oh, you you should just have a local news team because right, you, yeah, it just it
0: just it just makes good monetary sense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, it makes good monetary sense to basically have some private detectives on your payroll, like who are sure. constantly looking at the sheriff's office or whatever. Right. And um, you know, locally, our two reader-founded um, journalism initiatives, Hellgate and the City, have been doing really well. Uh, Defector, which is which splintered off when Gawker got sold to. A Bunch of AI bots, basically. Sure, uh, they recently had like a big party for their third year of operation. Uh, that's all reader supported. So, like, yeah, anything that gets more, uh, more people who aren't repeating, uh, repeating clear channel scripts in like a creepy wall of video, right? Away. Yeah,
0: no, exactly. And, and, and I mean, clear channel may as well be AI generated at this point.
1: Yeah, no, you have like, you have like regional competing. Uh, news monopolies, and, like, you look at some of their coverage, like, oh, oh, this is for a crazy
0: person. <laughs> that, that's who watches the news now. Okay. Cool. Right. Anyway, so, yeah, that was that was my high note for the week. John, did you have anything?
1: I do. And it's fresh, it's new, it's hip, it's today.
0: Lay it on, lay it on us.
1: And it's only mildly self-interested, because I'm friends with most of the people in it. But... Uh, there's a Kickstarter out now for a new uh, queer science fiction fantasy anthology
0: uh, right. called
1: I Want That Twink Obliterated.
0: <laughs> the gimmick... It, it sounds kind of it sounds kind of violent, actually. Well,
1: the gimmick is it's not normal science fiction fantasy. They're drawing from 1920s through 1950s pulp stories. So it's like you know, um, I forgot his name. <laughs> you know, Zap Brannigan in the world of tomorrow, but you know, oh, there's sure. a bunch yeah, of femboys yeah, sure. around. Yeah.
0: Was Zap Brannigan a femboy? Kiff, arguably. Well, Kiff was, but Zap Brannigan wasn't. He was, he was not much a... I, I was
1: thinking of the movie that Queen did the soundtrack of. Uh, but yeah, it, it's all that stories. Uh, Adam Sass, who's a really great uh, YA horror gay writer, he's really right. good. Um, our pal, ba- our pal Anthony Oliveira, who's now like in charge of Hulkin and Wiccan from Marvel oh, Comics. Oh yeah, that's right. Something. No, we're
0: hoping to get him on the show here pretty soon.
1: Yeah, no, he's busy as hell. He wrote a book, The Bastard. Yeah,
0: no, he's he's uh, he's on a book tour. Yeah, but uh, Chris, Chris Caldwell,
1: who writes like really cool, like. Afrofuturism stories that are like sure it's like it's a really good lineup it's got like a modest goal too and I think they've already like it was launched today and I think they're already like 25% of the way there I mean, oh that's it, outstanding check it out Kickstarter I want that yeah we'll, uh,
0: we'll we'll try to uh make sure to include the link mm-hmm. um to their Kickstarter in the show notes well I know we are uh, kingmakers yeah that's right that's right we're back we're back as Kingmakers, folks it's been awfully nice to reboot the liquid flannel podcast with you um i don't really have uh any kind of online presence right now that you'd be interested in um my co-host john john do you have anything to promote um
1: n- n- no no okay social media is kind of all right yeah we're just
0: we're we're leaving it we're leaving it derelict right now on social media folks but we very much appreciate you rejoining us for this reboot of the liquid flannel podcast and i promise you that there will be more episodes coming Bye.